Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 193 of the All Dolphins podcast, the second one on this Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. Earlier today, we discussed the additions at outside linebacker in light of all the injuries, along with the Hard Knocks recap. Today, we're going to talk about the injury report, to his comments, dealing with the cold. What else are we going to talk about, Omar? Uh, whatever you'd like. Whatever you'd like. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, let's, let's get into your, uh, 139. What, what happened in 1939, actually was a very interesting season for the dolphins who, if you recall from the earlier show today, we're coming off an AFC, an AFC championship game appearance. However, in game five, I want to say was in Cleveland in 1993, Dan Marino, Toro and Achilles. Dropping back for a pass. Oh, that's the Scott Mitchell year. That's the Scott Mitchell year. Scott Mitchell took over as quarterback. Uh-huh. It was also the year Don Shula became the winningest head coach in NFL history uh-huh. with Scott Mitchell having left the game at Philadelphia, the old vet, because of a shoulder injury. Was and it Steve DeBerg? Steve DeBerg came later. The one who replaced Scott Mitchell was Doug Peterson. Oh, Doug Peterson. Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. And then we have the Thanksgiving. Correct. Then we have the Thanksgiving Day game with the which the Dolphins won 16-14 at Dallas after another Leon let uh, gaff where the Dolphins had a field goal attempt blocked in the final seconds. The ball rolled downfield. Leon let comes back towards the Dallas goal line, decides, oh, I need to recover it, even though he didn't. It's a dead ball. But he wound up slipping 
knocks the ball forward. Dolphins very very well aware of the rule. Jeff Dellenbach jumps on the ball. It it was spotted, I think, at the one or two yard line. Stojanovic gets another shot, 18-yard field goal, 19-yard field goal, whatever it was, through the uprights. Dolphins now are nine and two, best record in the NFL. Didn't win another game. They finished nine and seven. Didn't make the playoffs. The Cowboys didn't lose another game, wound up going to their second consecutive Super Bowl championship. Now the important question must be asked, were you in the Scott Mitchell must replace Dan Marino crowd, which was a very high and popular crowd? And I was thinking about it, and here's what I'm going to tell you, okay, because it's so very easy because Dan Marino went on to have a Hall of Fame career to say how absurd of a notion it would have been. However, if you think of what maybe they could have gotten in a trade for him, and then you and then you realize that the Dolphins didn't didn't reach the AFC Championship game anymore after that season, with or without Dan Marino or Scott Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott Mitchell never had a tremendous amount of success with the Lions. I, I believe he led them to the playoffs a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, he, he had one good year, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, trading a Hall of Famer for a guy who had one good year, man, probably not a good idea. Except again, what's the worst that would have happened? They didn't they didn't reach the AFC Championship game after '93 anyway. They still haven't since then. They still, uh, but they've had a significant amount of success, even though they haven't reached the AFC Championship game. And this is where I sit and have the argument with with some Dolphin fans, and it kind of correlates to this season. Just because you might not win a playoff game because of uncontrollable circumstances, which are clearly uncontrollable. That doesn't necessarily mean that an 11 and six season with a ton of records that are achieved and a ton of accomplishments that are made um, is a total flush it down the toilet season. Like, you know, maybe if you had your starting safeties and your starting cornerback and maybe any pass rusher on your team, uh, you know, or, you know, or maybe mm, your, your four top offensive weapons were actually healthy. Maybe you have a good chance. Well, no, it, this is where I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna draw the line as if you had your your all your 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 four top playmakers offensively healthy. If they're playing, no no excuse. If they're playing, no excuses. And here's the, the only problem I have with your point, and it's very valid that they've been decimated by injuries down the stretch, without question. Okay, doesn't change the fact that early in the season, when the injury issues weren't nearly that bad, they lost against every good team they played. You okay. can't. And 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 this is not a one-year problem. We had the same issue last year. That's the concern. It's not. And this is where. And I'm going to address it once the season's over. Maybe both you and I will address it in writing at alldolphins.com in one way, shape, or form. The question of whether this will have been a successful season. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. may, maybe to some, it's ridiculous to even ask. Eleven and six. All those. And you did a story on all those great offensive stats the Dolphins had this season. You can find it on alldolphins.com. But then the question is, what's the ultimate goal? Is it to put up great numbers or is it to advance in the playoffs and, you know, be knocking on the board? I'm not going to deny the fact that the bar for me was set at winning a playoff game this season and anything short of winning a playoff game is not acceptable. Um, And I'm not changing that standard, but I cannot ignore the progress, development, growth that I've seen from, Players, offenses, schemes, coaches. Um, and, oh, what there hasn't been? Is it kind? Of, is it kind of not the same team we had last year? 
Um, no, I think Tua is a little bit more of an efficient quarterback. Um, I think that Tyreek has taken his game to another level. Not that it was at a bad level, but I think he's a better all-around receiver. Um, I think the offensive line is drastically better, even though they've had 12 different lineups. So, no, I'm not going to um, – and, and the defense, I mean, until they lost everybody, they were the fourth-ranked defense in the NFL till Lamar Jackson kicked their face in. And now they finished 10th, which was at the beginning of the season, which was our ultimate goal for this defense, to be a top-10 unit. So, I mean, progress, not – Tremendous progress. No, but certainly progress. And by the way, unless I'm mistaken, it's the first time since that 92 uh, AFC Championship game appearance that the Dolphins finished in the top 10 in both offense yeah. and defense. And you can read that on behind, uh, on, I'm sorry, I say behind enemy lines, on on by, by the numbers on yeah, alldolphins.com. Did I miss that one? Huh? Did I miss that one? Because I edited your story. I don't recall seeing that one. I think it was there. I think it was there. Um, yeah, when I said that they were top 10 defense, I believe for the first time since 1990, 2010, yes, maybe that's not the statistic, but anyway, let's, we, we digress. Let's, let's get into this injury report while we sit here and, and, and hash about whether or not the season is a success. We'll know on Saturday. There you go. If they win, then you got your stamp. Yeah, if they win, they get your stamp. If they get embarrassed by the Kansas City Chiefs, then you absolutely know that it's not that much progress because they they beat they they gave Buffalo a run for their money last year with Skylar Thompson as the quarterback. So, correct. We shall see. Um, let's get to this injury report. Uh, to me, the biggest mystery, question, concern, problem? Question mark. No, I'm drawing an S. And oh, 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 okay. I thought you were drawing a question mark. Your 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 S is the S looks like this. Um, the safety position. And while we all know that they have been completely decimated at pass rusher to the point where Vic Fangio basically just said, Yeah, I just need guys. I I, I just I just need players. Like uh, you know, at this point, I don't even care about the scheme. Like, I just actually need people who play the position. Um, and he, he acknowledged that he's going to have to dummy it down and be very basic because the last thing you want to do is overcomplicate things and have players make mistakes and have breakdowns. So this is what we are where we are. This is what it is. Um, but the safety position, that's a little troubling from the standpoint. You got Javon Holland, who's regressed with the knees. And even though he doesn't say want to say he's regressed, there's clearly some pain that he's playing through. Obviously, I'm pretty sure he's going to give it a go because it's one game, but then he gave it a go last week and then dialed it back in terms of his participation and basically said, hey, Brandon Jones, the team's better off with you out there. Uh, what does concern me is the injury that Deshaun Elliott is battling right now, which he gutted it through. Vic Fangio was proud of him and commended him for gutting it through. Um the biggest issue that I have with a Deshaun Elliott not playing, I mean, playing hurt is that he's not that great from a coverage standpoint anyway. I believe he's got the highest op opposing quarterback rating against on, on the team. Is he, is he, what's no, no, just harsh? I mean, it's, you're not saying anything that's not true, but it's harsh. I'm sorry. It's, ahead. it's a fact. It's, yeah. he, he, you know, he's carved up on a daily basis, on a game, game to game basis. Um, and it's not, 
totally his fault because even I don't even sit there and, and hold him completely responsible for, for all the breakdowns that that's happened with him in the area, because it's hard to project who's responsible for what zone and what man in secondary coverage. So it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's not like he's lining up on the guy and then the guy starts with him. And then, you know, right. that's the guy who catches a pass, but coverage is not a strong suit. Um, I will say this. Brandon Jones has played quite well, surprisingly well for me. And I'm comfortable with him being in the starting lineup. However, uh, who is he going to be replacing? Deshaun Elliott or Javon Holland? And then if Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott can't play, Elijah Campbell enters the equation. I forget what game, and you'll remember, Elijah Campbell and Brandon Jones were the starting safeties. You will. Might be then, uh, hold on, because it, yeah, it was after Tennessee, so it would have been the Jets game. The, okay, yes, it was the Jets game, game. And, and he had a break. Yeah, and, and Elliot, Elliot, Elijah Campbell had some some pretty impressive plays. I believe Brandon Jones came down with two interceptions. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm I'm not totally scared of what can happen. But then again, this is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about, and yeah. I think that. No matter who's back there, they're going to be under heavy attack and and heavy fire, um, probably more than any any of the cornerbacks. So, woo! Pray for this Dolphin well, secondary. This is a point where we should mention that the injury report, which came out Wednesday, again was based on an estimation because the players were off Tuesday, and then Wednesday was only a walkthrough. And just based on those estimation, Holland, Elliott, and Xavier Howard was not playing. Uh, we're listed as DNP. Everybody else was limited, and that includes Waddle and Mostert. So there's hope that it could be back. On the other side, the Chiefs had only one guy who didn't practice today was their tackle, uh, Wanya Morris, who our good friend Joshua Briscoe told us about on behind enemy lines. Donovan Smith, the starting left tackle, has a neck injury. He was limited, uh, and they only had three guys who were limited. The one DNP and everybody else was full. So they might have a new left tackle in there is what we're saying. Possibly, and then it would be great if they had somebody to go against him as a pass rusher. But you know, say loud. Uh, here's the thing: the Dolphins have four pass rushers with a lot of credentials in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have big sack numbers: Agba, Melvin Ingram, Bruce Irvin, Justin Houston. Yes, uh, two guys are 35 or older. Yes, uh, Agba has had some success. Some games, not so much. Melvin Ingram hey, has one half hey, You're going to have to put some respect on Emmanuel Agba's game. You know that Josh Allen fourth yes. down stop? Yes, I saw it from okay, the back. Put, put, put a name on it. Absolutely. Put. Emmanuel Agba was very was very instrumental in helping stuff that fourth down quarterback. Put his name on I it. Just did. Okay. I just did. You, you didn't volunteer this information two you days ago. One more time. Well, you didn't ever gave me a chance. You jumped on oh, me. Oh, oh, oh well, I got to pull it out of you. Any, anytime it's time to praise somebody else, it's it's oh you just disappeared on me. Oh okay, now you're vanishing. Uh, Emmanuel Agba was Jesus. responsible for that fourth down stop. Well, not, dude, you you actually think it's one player who stopped Josh Allen? And no, oh, I'm not it, fanboying for everybody out there. Uh, it was a collective effort, and he was the one in the back end who came in and did a fabulous job. Absolutely awesome, tremendous. He Josh Allen's. A tight end size quarterback's forward momentum, standing him up, 
preventing him from gaining that extra six inches that he needed. Emmanuel, props to you, brother, because that is an impact play that puts your team in position to win the game. Again, he was instrumental part of, part, of the, part of the group tackle. But, yes, he did that very well. Anyway, can I go back to my original point, which was the Dolphins do have a lot of sacks in their outside linebacker 285 role. sacks, yeah. career yeah. sacks. And I would have up. a hard time telling you that anybody in the playoffs, and this might be an Alan Poupard project, because I know you – no, oh, oh, you I'm say you don't want to do it. You nope. say you don't want to do it, but I then don't. your mind will start wandering and you'll start thinking to yourself, Hmm, I wonder. Nope. 200, I'm going to do it. 285 career sacks Except on, these Dolphins, on these Dolphins edge rushers. Yes, it's a nice statistical tidbit, but I'm not doing it because it's not relevant right now. Because again, Bruce Irvin and Justin Houston were available on January 9th. Uh, hey, did they do it or did they not do it? Well, no, they did do it. And But here's the thing where, where I have some hope is I've seen a lot of the KC games this year. And those two tackles are not very good. Uh, And they were much better last year when they had Orlando Brown Jr. on one side and Andrew Wiley on the other side. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to pay for Orlando Brown, or I think he wanted to go back to left tackle. So he went to Cincinnati in free agency. Wiley went to Washington, and they signed those two guys. And it's not the same. Um, Let me me give you a little bit of insight from from seeing and interacting with both players today. Um, Justin Houston, big man, big like a tank. Um, not Jonathan tall. Harrison big? Huh? Jonathan Harrison big? Um, no, but close. Okay. Um, it just just muscular, broad shoulders, kind of small uh, from a size from a size stature. And the same thing with Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin wasn't as cock diesel as 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 Justin Houston. Um, little bit more, little bit more meat to him. However, um, I do remember him being athletically wiry guy. He does have familiarity with 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 um, Vic Fangio's scheme because Clint Hurt, who is a protege of Vic Fangio, ran the exact same scheme. And according to Bruce, used the exact same terminology d- during his tenure in Seattle. So that's definitely going to help the Miami Dolphins. However, um, those two are pretty much backups, rotational players. Um, unless they outperform Emmanuel Ogba, they, we know they're not going to outperform well, Melvin Ingram. Dare you say that? Sorry, go ahead. We know, we know, we know where Vic is. We know how he feels. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And it is what it is. Um, I, you know, God bless Emmanuel Agba. And every time he gets depressed about his situation, he should just count his money. Um, so, <laughs> like, like I, we know we know what the deal is. Um, but to, a unit that has age, experience, Super Bowls, and two hundred and eighty-five sacks, it gives you a chance. It gives you a puncher's chance. It does. I mean, it again. It's better than it was. When we woke up Monday morning, and Baker was out, Baker was out, then Gaker was out, and Cameron Good was out. So Don't forget Jerome. Oh yeah, you said Baker. My bad. I think Baker's a big loss, by the way. I know Duke has been playing well. Right now, I didn't say. I, I said Van Ginkle. You said Baker. No, me, correct, Baker. Uh, no, he played great uh, against Buffalo. Um, <coughs> and it, it's interesting too because I, I we saw another replay, and, and Vic Fangio, who spoke today made the point that on that fluky touchdown, A, Eli Apple should have gone nuclear on Trent Sherfield because once the ball is deflected, there's no DPI anymore. That's number one. And then number two, he made the point that it should have been a penalty for being illegally downfield. And I, I rewatched the play on the All-22, and he was right. Yes. And then also, I don't know if it made a huge difference in the end, but there was a running play, Josh Allen, towards the end of the game where he scrambled to his left and he wound up like throwing himself onto, onto the ground right before he got to the sideline. Replay clearly showing his left hand touch out of bounds before his knees landed. So instead of the clock going, it should have been stopped. Uh, however, there were there were calls missed both sides. This is where we want to make sure. For example, the Jerome Baker big hit at the end of the first half. Watch it again, and this is helmet to helmet. That's There was a clear cut. Look, look at me all you want. Watch the replay. It's helmet-to-helmet contact. That's normally an automatic flight. They didn't call it. My point being that, yes, they missed those two plays on the Bills. Refs, refs have been missing stuff the entire season. It wasn't like totally slanted. Oh, the NFL wanted the Bills to win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one, one thing I found interesting about what Vic Fangio says is that basically – He's going to dumb down his defense, but keep things a little bit more complex for the guys who are regulars, staples, consistent. And 
that's going to be a very interesting mix uh, in terms of play calling, um, what you can do. But you, you've got two defensive tackles with 19 sacks between them in, in Sealer and, and Wilkins. Um, you would think that you're going to twist and stunt to death. Um, your linebacker unit should be relatively the same, at least the same as it's been for the last month of the season. Um, in, in Duke Riley, who is battling an ankle injury, and then David Long Jr., who is the team's leading tackler. Um, and, and then what, what, what? No, I'm going to double check. I'm not even sure Duke's on the injury report. Yeah, he's not on the injury report, but he's still battling an ankle injury. Um, and and uh, then you've got Jalen Ramsey. Um, he, you disappearing on us here over here, brother. Um, then you've got Dalen Ramsey, who oh, oh now now you completely <laughs> you've got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think that they got a little bit creative in terms of how they covered Travis Kelsey last time they played Travis Kelsey. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what that approach will be. Um, and Vic basically said, yeah, we we got we had a good game plan against him and we also just got lucky. And, and that, you know, sometimes yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking in those conditions with the wind and the cold, uh, me, me thinks that Mahomes is going to be like, Travis, Travis, where are you? Uh, one thing that really stood out to me about Fangio is somebody brought up the idea of because of the shortage of edge defenders, the idea of maybe moving using Christian uh, out there. And he's like, mm, no, no, got a good thing, a defensive tackle. You don't want to compensate for one thing and create a weakness. Yes. And, and on top of that, I asked him about Channing Tindall, possibly, because he's got the athletic traits, he's got the size, possibly moving outside the linebacker. He was like, no, no, absolutely not. Moving. And if you're telling me right now he's not on the team in 2024, I'd be like, mm, yeah, I could see that. I mean. Uh, maybe, maybe he's a special teams demon. Well, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Have you really noticed him? Because I haven't. Sorry. No, I, haven't. I haven't. No. A uh, couple of things weather related. Since, by the way, I don't know if you guys have heard, it's supposed to be really cold. Uh, so Vic Fangio was asked the coldest. And in the 1996 NFC Championship game, he was the DC for the Carolina Panthers. They played at Lambeau Field. And it was like five degrees with a wind chill of minus 18 or something. Or in, in the minuses. So he's familiar with it. And then NBC had a conference call today with all their talent talking about the games on Peacock and NBC this weekend. And on the call was Chris Collinsworth. And for those old enough to know, he was a rookie in the coldest game in NFL history. I'm pretty sure it was. It's nicknamed the Freezer Bowl. And for a reason, it was minus nine, wind chill of minus 59. Minus 59. Minus 59. In fact, there were talks the morning of the game about postponing it for the, the health of everybody involved. They wound up playing it, and it was – I mean, it was rough. And I was on that call. I asked Collinsworth, you know, how, how badly is it going to affect the passing game, you know, from your experience and what he thinks of the Dolphins' chances. He – and you'll, you'll, I know you'll love this. He portrays the Dolphins as a running team, therefore – the weather conditions could very well could favor that. I knew, I knew you'd love that. Yeah. I say that one just hey, me. man, biggest yards per carry average in the NFL. You, you're, you more than likely will get your horses back. Raheem Mostert basically said, you know, I'm definitely going to try to play. That's my intentions. That's why I've been saving myself for the last two games. This is playoff season. This is my time of the year. And based on what he'd done for the 49ers in the playoffs, who can argue and dispute that? So, It'll be interesting to see what happens to the Dolphins. I personally believe that 
A lot of what we saw in the first half against the Buffalo Bills wasn't just a game plan to attack the Buffalo Bills because I think they're pretty decent against the run. I think that was a game plan to get Miami playoff ready. Um, and they put something on film that they hadn't really done majority of the season. And, and it'll be interesting to see if Kansas City can play that, can can stop it, and, and you know, if it'll give them some issues. But clearly, you know, based on what they did the last time they played the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not running at Chris Jones. So... No, and this is also where cleat selection is going to be very important because if you're playing on a cold, hard turf, it could be some slipping out there. The footing. Is I not remember the 2016 season playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. I call it cleat gate because the players told me we were advised to go out there with the wrong cleats. They had a horrible first two series on defense. Everybody, you see everybody on the sideline switching their cleats, and then they had a better, more respectable performance. But they blamed the cleats on Antonio Brown's ridiculously hot first for start because uh, it's true. It's I know true. He had 250, I got 250 yard touchdowns in the first seven minutes or something. Yeah. And, and it's because they couldn't run with him because they had, they had these big, long, spiky cleats in and they couldn't move in them because um, the field was supposedly frozen and they were advised to wear these cleats with big, big spikes, but they had no change of direction and no movement to them. And while Antonio Brown's out there scat backing all over the field. So uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why that Dolphins team feels like they lost that 2016 playoff game. But, you know, yes, they, it's true. And I believe Matt Moore got, got like whack-a-mold. Oh, Can yes. Oh, but, he, oh, but he did. I'm trying to remember who it was. Ike Taylor was the one who nailed Pat White. Maybe Bud Dupree, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but he nailed the crap out of him. I mean, yeah. like one of those. Um, but yeah, footing could be could be an issue, and this is why you have to have the proper cleats. Um, and yeah, I, I do think the Dolphins have a fighting chance. And I've been the one like, you know, uh, trumpeting the fact that the defense would be leading the way down the stretch. Obviously, with all the injuries, that's no longer the case. Yeah. Well, before the injuries, it, it was, but now again, this it's going to be the offense that has to carry the weight. And yeah. it looks like you're going to have pretty pretty much everybody. I'm still not sold on Waddle being able oh. to play. I think Raheem's playing, but I'm. We'll, we'll see based on tomorrow's practice. Um, that will be the true indicator. We also need to keep track of Tyreek Hill, who's who's on the injury report, and and uh, you, you're not worried about it. Tyreek's playing against his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, okay, I, I, the game. I, I believe you, but will he be seventy percent? Will he be sixty percent? Will he be eighty percent? That right, and will he have to take himself out of plays every every other series or every you know during every series? That's obviously a concern, um, but I'd be shocked if he wasn't in there at all. Tua, by the way, also spoke as as you are well aware on Wednesday, and talked about the idea that he's not planning on wearing gloves. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to test it on warm ups, and he, if he realizes that like I can't feel my hand, and then maybe yeah. he'll change his mind. He he talked about his hands being dry and having something, an ability to grip it, the ball's harder. Um, these are all things that quarterbacks who play in the elements and play in those conditions are just have to face. And, and two is not going to be facing anything any different than Patrick Mahomes faces, but he's going to have to get used to it. Um, he's, he's played long enough in this league to have to overcome these things or have to deal with them. So I don't think that's going to be an excuse uh, you know, not that anybody's ever going to give to an excuse or that he's ever going to need. 
I said what I said. Omar, Omar can we agree? Can we agree? I said what I said. Hold on. There's one segment that will never give him an excuse, and there's one segment that will pretty much always give him an excuse. Can we agree on that? Okay, that's fine. Okay. That's fair. And the, yeah. the point I was going to make, the final point is, I, I know what Tua said, and I know right now he's thinking, no way, I'm not wearing gloves. As somebody who used to, who grew up in Canada, who knows what nasty-ass cold with wind feels like, just don't fall off your chair if he winds up if he, after pregame warm-ups. He's in the game, and he's got a glove. He's got gloves on. It's a different type of thing. Okay, that's an Alan Poupard prediction for you folks. And and I am not an anti-glover. Um, I, I I believe Pat White got ruined when he was forced to not wear gloves. Um, so if you need to wear gloves, wear your gloves. This is why he got ruined. No offense, oh. to Pat, no offense to Pat White, who was a complete stud at West Virginia, but wasn't built for the NFL game. Um, Dan, did Danny Crossman really single out Justin Bethel for the, the punt return for a touchdown? Did I read that correctly? I zoned out when Danny Crossman was speaking. Oh, that's so nice. I, it, it was special teams. He, he he talked about Cameron Good and that that you know the yeah it like Justin Bethel okay. had a chance. Well, because our colleague Joe Shad put out a tweet suggesting that Justin Bethel had the wrong technique on the coverage, and I'm like, that is so insanely not. First of all, not like Danny Crossman, like any Dolphin coaches to single out a player for a bad play like that. Um, I can't remember if it was a follow-up. As I told you, I was not paying that much of attention to it just because I was actually finishing all Dolphins, all Dolphins story on the safety situation. And he is Danny Crossman. I generally try to skip his press conferences. Um, Let me jump in here. So the fans know that what that's about is Danny Crossman tends to not be very revealing in his press conferences. So the one press conference, he actually revealed some stuff. I wasn't paying attention. I humbly apologize, but those who have followed me for years know I don't pay attention to special teams. Um, that's my nap time. Uh, and I was on the conference call with NBC, which is why I, I could not. Yeah. I was, I was um, so my nice. humble apologies. Uh, you know, he, he did point out that special teams had given up the least punt return yards in the NFL up until that play. And he took full responsibility for everything. Welcome to welcome to another episode of Stats Without Context. Number one, because of their offense, number one in the league, how many times did the Dolphins punt? They rarely ever punt. Okay, so they given up to the fewest punt return yards. Okay, what about the average? I it don't think still an important nugget of information that. Well, Danny and, uh, yeah, but it's kind of again stats without context. Yes, I hear. Well, well, plenty of stats without context go out when it comes to Tua Tonga Valoa, but you never overlook and correct those. But anyway, let's. No, but I, no, but I, do, <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I do. And I get killed for it all the time. Yes, you do. Actually, I, I apologize. I am consistent. I want context with the stats, as yes. opposed to just throwing numbers all over the place. Um, we also had Frank Smith, who basically humming a humming a humming a, a situation about him being a candidate for the Carolina Panthers. He basically said, "I'm focused on today. That's next week. I'm not even worried about that. Um, that's down the line." He did acknowledge that he doesn't have a. He hasn't prepared his packet in his book of my assistants and my staff and my scheme and you know these things this is probably going to be his, this is going to be his first interview for head coach position and hopefully he'll get looks for other positions the one thing i will say is 
I'm a little disappointed that Big Fangio isn't getting more looks because of the performance that he delivered. The fact that he's a grizzled NFL defensive veteran, the fact that a lot of teams in the NFL, I would probably say about one fifth of them were running his defense, you know, um, uh, uh, some guys deserve a second opportunity. And I do believe that Vic Fangio, even though he's a curmudgeon and stuck in his ways, I do believe that he, he he's done enough to earn that recycled opportunity or at least get, get a look see for interviews, but no, that that's fair. And the truth is I'm like looking at all these openings. I have not seen his name mentioned once. No, but I think a lot of that is also personality and, you know, Fangio is actually not trying to be anybody's buddy, buddy. He's not politicking. Um, he's, he's, he's much like somebody that I know wears a Montreal Expos hat. He's, stuck in his ways and he's not going to change true how about true to himself is that, is that better? Is <laughs> that's that what we'll say than, that's what we'll say. better than stuck in his ways uh that's what that's what we'll call it yes i'm adaptable uh, I, I i take exception to that it, it's 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 the old man way it's <laughs> yeah. you're like uh, i'm like okay um <laughs> no i mean you know what you're gonna get and you either like it or you don't like it. And a lot, unfortunately, a lot of these owners, they need people who can schmooze and sell and charismatic and yep. funny and witty and, and personable. So now you're saying I'm none of those. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about big fans. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, you like, so. Yeah. I, he, he is, um, he's a unique individual. Um, ultimately he was asked to produce a top 10 defense and he did deliver a top 10 defense. And now he's going to have to work miracles on Saturday, uh, making it work with strangers as pass rushers and an injury decimated secondary that might be without their top two safeties and, and Xavier Howard. So, however, however, since Pat Mahomes entered the NFL and became the Chiefs' starting quarterback, there has never been a better time to play the chiefs in the playoffs. The Chiefs, who, the Chiefs who again are at home because they're always at home. They haven't played. Pat, you know Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, right? You know that stat? I did not know that. Never. He's got three neutral side games for Super Bowls and everything else at Arrowhead Stadium. Doesn't sound like a Patrick Mahomes problem to me. Um, if he no, wins. I, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, but my, my, my overriding point there was that, again, this isn't 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. They're not they, – Winning at KC obviously is going to be a major task for like the point spread, I think, is four and a half now. If this was 2022 KZ Chiefs, point spread would be seven, eight. Yeah, easily. So mm-hmm. um no, I, I don't I don't think it's a lost cause for the Dolphins. And I did find it interesting in hard knocks that, that Mike McDaniel told his team we are the underdogs. So uh, Mike follows the line. Well, no, he doesn't pay attention to any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he always knows I'm who the are. I'm surprised he actually knew they were playing the Chiefs in the first round. All right. On that note. No, no. They have to do another note. We have to do a hat tip to Raheem Mostert, winner of the 2023 Good Guy Award for cooperation and assistance to the South Florida media. Full disclosure, that was, we, we ranked the, our top three choices. He was my number one choice, so very happy. My number that. one choice as well. So, uh, and I'm not saying that just because he's the winner, but Raheem has always makes himself available. Even if he just did an interview, he 
he'd sit there and he'd do another interview. Um, and uh, cooperation with the media is very important and, and very productive because even though we don't get the credit that we deserve, uh, we're part of the reason that this is a $16 billion empire, the NFL. Um, so on that note, congratulations, Raheem, and thank you for all your service. And thank you to all the Dolphins players, not all of them, but most of them. You know um, who you are. Yeah, yeah, you definitely know who you are. Um, uh, because I really think that this is a phenomenal locker room. Um, they're facing a little bit of adversity right now, and I can see the chip and the pressure and the stress. Um, but hopefully by the end of the week, they they will overcome it all and, and put together a good show that can make South Florida proud. On that note, we are out. Um, you know how to find us, alldolphins.com, for your free coverage. No paywall, no subscriptions. You click it, you read it. Um, you know how to find us on the audio platforms. We are part of the Five Reasons Network. Uh, and you can also find us on YouTube, where we get paid the most money. So we appreciate you watching, listening, even if it's just two minutes. We value that click because it means you have survived an ad, which is how we get paid. And considering how barren this traffic has been during this losing stretch of two weeks, we thank everybody who continues to come and watch and support us because you are actually supporting us because this is us. This is our entity. You're not paying any major corporation. Um, every click goes towards us. So thank you. And we will see you tomorrow for another alldolphins.com podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.